The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. Uh, One service today uh, feels like a, I don't know, anytime we have one service at Coastal, it always feels like I'm on vacation or something. Just, uh, uh, but uh, we knew it would be kind of, you know, uh, weird today, I guess, January 1st. A lot of people are still out of town. A lot of people have family uh, stuff planned. A lot of people stayed up way too late last night. Some of you kind of look like you just barely drag it in today. had to get that coffee. Uh, If we had been thinking... uh, we probably should have, we're going to have one service today, we might have should have done the, the 11.15 service, but uh, anyway, we're glad that you're here today, um, and I'm serious, I can't think of a better thing to do than just to be here this morning, kick off the new year right, uh, January 1st. Man, we had a great uh, Christmas Eve, didn't we, here at, uh, here at Coastal. If you were here in a part of that uh, last weekend, we had uh, over 600 people in just two services. Last year, uh, we had a- around the same amount, but we had it over four services. And so last year, today, or this past year, we had uh, 614, I think. We had like around 50 uh, first and second time guests with us last weekend. So that was awesome. And uh, anyway, raise your hand uh, if, you have, uh, if you're having ham and collard greens today. Any kind of pork or collard greens? Anybody collard greens? Okay. It, it, raise your hand if you're having Hoppin' John's. Wow, okay. Raise your hand if you're not from around here and you're still not sure what Hoppin' John's are. Okay. Some of you, you're afraid to, afraid to eat that, aren't you? You don't know. what Those Southerners, man, who knows what they'll put in that rice. Anyway, um, but uh, we're, we're glad that you're here. And uh, today is the first Sunday of the new year. And uh, typically, uh, during this time of the year, I, I have this annual kind of thing that I've, I've done for many years. Uh, I usually call it the year in review, one week. And then the following week, I kind of do... Uh, the year ahead. And, and honestly, I decided not to do that this year because we only got one service. And I knew we wouldn't really have uh, all of our people back into town today. And uh, so we, uh, next week, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more um, about what I um, hope to see for the, the year ahead. And uh, just some, so we're going to talk about some goals next Sunday. I think goals are important. I know some of you, are, are, your annual resolution is not to make any New Year's resolutions, but uh, I think it's good to have goals. I think it's good to, you know, we, we, we vastly underestimate, excuse me, we overestimate what we can accomplish in like a week. You know, like, I, I need to lose 50 pounds this week, you know, or something like that. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read through the Bible this week, you know, or something. So we overestimate what we can accomplish in a week, but we underestimate what we can do in a year. And uh, it's, it's, those, it's those small changes for life, those small decisions that you make today will help affect the story you tell tomorrow in and, and just about every area of your life. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, next Sunday. Um, but o- all over uh, social media... Um, and, uh, and a lot of the year-end uh, reviews and uh, the reflections and a lot of the New Year parties, uh, you, you saw this all over the, the media last week, uh, were really about saying good riddance to, uh, to 2016 or much worse. I, I saw a lot of other things where I can't really say here um, from the stage about 2016. Um, a lot of times in my year-end review uh, sermon. I talk about you know all the things that happened this past year, a lot of the national things that would happen you know the the year you know prior, and and I'll talk about you know some, some of those champions and the different sports. Talk about some of the top movies and things like that. But without fail, every year, and you'll see this you know uh, you saw this all this past week. Um, I talk about uh, some of the famous people and celebrities uh, who have passed away, and a lot has been said 
um, about all of the celebrities that have died, even most recently. Um, Some guy even started uh, a GoFundMe page uh, to keep Betty White alive (laughs) the last week of uh, 2016. Um, So anyway, I realize that 2016 for a lot of people has been um, a very difficult and a very painful year for a lot of people. Um, And yet for a lot of you, uh, 2016 was fulfilled with a lot of great joy. You know, and and that's the way years are, aren't they? You know, that we go through seasons and there's, you know, just what uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a a season for everything. And, you know, there's a time for laughter and a time for crying and a time for sadness, time for mourning, but time for rejoicing. And you see that in every year. You do, it's a part of life. And, uh, you know, personally, my... um, uh, my wife's uh, dad passed away this past year. My brother uh, died this past year. But my son uh, got married, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so, and a lot of your, your years were just like that, ups and downs. Um, maybe, though, uh, and, and, and I really do feel that this is what's happening right now uh, in our world and in our country. Um, there's this feeling of hopelessness for a lot of people today. And uh, they really are searching and looking for, uh, for hope. And for a lot of people, it seems that so much has hit them all at once. And, and maybe this is where you're at today. You're at the point of despair and you feel hopeless. You know, m- maybe you feel hopeless about a marriage. Uh, maybe you feel hopeless you're never going to get married. Maybe you feel hopeless about, about having a child. Some of you feel hopeless about the children you have. Um, some of you are hopeless about um, a financial situation or just a, a physical situation, an illness. Um, maybe you're just hopeless about a situation that you feel like you have no control over and yet it's never going to change. So there, there really is a, a crisis of hope in our world today. And like I said earlier, this past Christmas Eve, uh, just last week, I talked about Jesus being the light of the world. Well, today, the first Sunday of the new year, um, I want to talk about Jesus being the hope of the world. And, and I think that we collectively need to be reminded that when all of the world around us seems hopeless, when, when everything even seems to be crashing in around us, as followers of Jesus, uh, we still have hope. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us the reason we have for our hope. It says this, In those days you were living apart from Christ. And he's talking about before you became a believer. You know, when you were in the world, it says you lived in this world. At some point, and that's, that, that describes all of us, without God and without what? Without hope. But, but now you belong to Christ Jesus. He's saying, he's reminding us, listen, the reason we have hope, the, you know, when, when, when the rest of the world feels like there's no hope, we have hope because we now are in Jesus. And if you are in Christ, if you have put your faith in him, There is always reason to be hopeful. 
And I want to remind you about that today. I want us to talk about that today. And I want us to kick off the new year realizing and recognizing when all of the rest of the world is is searching and, and desperate to find hope. They feel hopeless. We have reason to be hope. And I want us to remind us about that today. And I want us to look at one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Uh, it's Romans chapter 8. And really quickly, I want to give you six reasons why we always have hope. And why hope is such a, such a beautiful thing. Uh, number one, I always have hope in Christ because in Him, His pardon erases my guilt. His pardon, His forgiveness. Romans 8.1, listen to this. So now... There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You know what? Even if there was not such a thing as heaven, I really think it'd be worth it becoming a Christian just to have a clear conscience, just to know that I can live guilt-free without condemnation. Man, is that good news or what? I mean, it's good news because I think one of the number one causes of hopelessness today is guilt, shame. You know, we, we violate our own standards, much less God's, and then we think, man, I could never be forgiven for that. You know, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, I'm, and I'm going to carry this with me for the rest of my life. I, I feel like I'm damaged goods. And the more, and the more guilt you carry, the more, the more hopeless you become. But in Christ, we don't have to live that way. Look at, look at Hebrews seven nineteen. It says, now we have a far better hope, for Christ makes us, listen to this, acceptable to God, and we can draw near to him. That means you don't have to be afraid once you put your faith in Christ, your trust in him. Why? Because listen to this. Jesus took every sin you have ever committed, the sins you are going to commit, and he has already paid for them on the cross. You don't have to pay for it. Man, that is good news. Jesus took a beating, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, so that you could stop beating yourself up. In Christ, you are now and forevermore acceptable to God. You've been adopted into his forever family. He loves you. He made you. He created you. You are acceptable to him. Man, we could just stop right there, and that would be enough reason to have hope. To not lose your hope that you and I don't have to carry around guilt and shame because of what we've done wrong. Now listen to this. Not only, though, does God take care of your past, but he takes care of your present. Number two, I can always have hope because in Jesus, his power breaks my bad habits. So his pardon erases my guilt, but his power breaks my bad habits. Some of you feel hopeless today because life just feels out of control and you feel like you have no power to change. And, and you find yourself thinking, you know, I just, I just can't change. You know, I, I, I know what's right, I know what I ought to do, but I don't have the power to do it. You know, I know this habit is bad for me, but I still do it. I know this, this hang-up or this relationship is, is messing up my life. It's destroying me, but it, it's got a hold on me. You know, I, I know all these things are self-destructive, but I still cling to it. I just don't have the power to change. I think there are times in our lives when we've all felt that way. That is why we need Jesus. Because he actually gives us the power to change that we don't have. 
We plug into his power. And it's the answer to both when life is out of control and when you think you can't change. Romans 8.2, listen to this. For the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you, has set you free through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of sin that leads to death. Man, that sin is just a vicious cycle. You know, it, it goes from temptation to fall. You fall, you feel guilty, you're ashamed. You know, I'm tempted, I fall for it, I'm guilty, I'm ashamed. I'm tempted, I fall for it, I'm guilty, I'm ashamed. And it's just this vicious cycle. And then and he says here, you don't have to stay in that cycle. God will give you the power to change, to, to get out of that. The amazing thing is, the more in this year that you will yield yourself to God's control, the freer you will become. As I give control over to God, he sets me free from all the things of this world that are controlling me. Look at this verse, Ephesians 3.20. God's mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God says, listen, I'll give you the power to change. There is hope. He says, you think of the greatest thing that you'd like to have done in your life in this year, 2017. He says, I can top that. But you've got to plug into his power. You've got to yield control of your life over to him. Number three, his purpose transforms my problems. I can always have hope because his purposes transforms my problems. This means that God somehow has this miraculous ability, listen to this, to use everything that happens in my life in a plan for my own good. I don't have to give in to despair. You know, earlier this year, in the fall, we did a series called Unshakable. We talked about the storms of life. And, and basically we said that you're in one of three you know, situations right now. Uh, you're either coming out of a storm or a problem, uh, you're in the middle of one, or you're headed into to a problem. You're headed into a storm. Life is just a series of, of storms and problems, one after another. That, that, that's called life. Now, the most difficult kinds of storms to understand, the most difficult, problematic problems to, to wrap our minds around are, are those that just seem meaningless. You don't, you don't see any purpose in them at all. And, and, you, and you ask yourself, you know, why is this happening to me? And, and you say things like, this is not fair. You know, the, those are the most difficult problems to handle, those ones that, that you don't understand. But, when you can see a purpose behind a problem, when you could see that God somehow could bring about my good and his glory, that gives you hope. God has a purpose behind every single problem that we go through. No matter how small, no matter how big. Look at Romans eight twenty eight. Listen to this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, first of all, this is a passage of Scripture that is 
uh, taken out of context and misinterpreted probably just about more than any other. And I, I want you to notice, first of all, what this verse does not say. Because again, so many people misunderstand this. It doesn't say here that all things are good. It does not say that. Obviously, not everything in this life is good. Not everything in this world is good. I mean, come on. Cancer is not good. Rape is not good. Bankruptcy is not good. I mean, we can just keep going and going and going. This is not heaven. This is earth. It also does not say that all things work out the way I want them to. Now, we'd like it if it said that. You know, that that would be really good, but it doesn't say that. It also doesn't say here that all things have a happy ending. That's not true either. You know, on this side of eternity, all things do not have a happy ending. There's some very sad things that happen in this life. So what does it say? It says that we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Now, what's included in all things? You ready? Everything. Does that include illness? Yep. Does that include marriage problems? Yeah. Bankruptcy? Divorce? The loss of a loved one? Yep. Does that even include my own mistakes? Yeah. Can God bring good out of evil? You bet he can. You know, what what about the crucifixion? What about that? Any good come out of that? Just the salvation of the world. I mean, it was evil to nail Jesus to a cross, to torture him, to, to do all the things that they did to him. It was evil, but somehow God had this ability to bring good out of evil. God even uses our own mistakes our own choices, our own hurts, the things that we feel most ashamed about, the most embarrassed about. And in Romans 8, 28, it says he has this ability to even work it together ultimately for good. And also notice this is not a promise for everybody. Notice it says that all things, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. This is a promise for believers. All things don't always work together for good for everybody in the world. But they work together for good for anybody who comes and says, God, here is all the pieces of the puzzle of my life. You know, here's the good, the bad, the ugly. Here are the things that I'm most ashamed of. And we give it all to him. And somehow, he works it together into good. You see, don't don't you understand that, that we do have a reason to be hopeful? In fact, I think we could stop right there and we could say, you know what? God's forgiveness sets me free from from guilt. His his power uh, breaks the bad habits in my life. His purpose transforms all of my problems. Man, we could stop right there. But that's not it. Man, we're, we're just halfway through. He says there's three other things you get when you are in Christ. Number four, I always have hope because in Christ, his protection relieves my fears. Listen, in 2017, you don't have to be afraid. 
You know, fear is a great cause of hopelessness in our world. It's very damaging, very destructive emotion. When you're afraid, when you're full of fear, you can't be full of hope. You know, what are some of your greatest fears? The fear of criticism, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being lonely for all your life, failure, the fear of death, the fear that you have for your kids. Listen, I've said this before. There are 365 times in the Bible where God says, fear what? Fear not. It's like he says, I want you to get the point. I'm going to say this once every, for every day of the year. 365 times, don't be afraid. Why? He says, because I will protect you. Look at Romans 8.31. So what should we say about all this? If God is for us, no one can defeat us. If you are in Christ, if you're a believer, God is not only with you all of the time. You ready for this? He's for you. He's on your side. He's on your team. You know, with God, you know, nothing can intimidate you. You know, would you agree with that? That one, you, plus God, always equals a majority. You're always in the majority. I mean, put God on my side. Man, I can take on the world. It's me and God. So you don't have anything to fear. You know, how many of you, uh, raise your hand, I mean, we have a lot of readers. How many of you are readers, you're avid readers? Let's confess for, for a second. How many of you that are readers have, have found yourself going to the end of the book and reading the last couple of pages? Anybody do that? Or how about this? How many of you have been binge watching any, any show on Netflix over the holidays? You've done that? Okay. Now, how many of you skip ahead and read the little titles at the end, you know, the end of a series? Oh, and so, because you, you, know, you, you want to know what happens, right? Well, I've read the last chapter of the Bible. Are you ready for this? In fact, I've read the whole book, the whole last book of the Bible, Revelation. Now, spoiler alert, you ready? If you don't want to hear it, put your hands over your ears, okay? Guess what? We win! We win! I mean, you know, sure, we're, we're going to lose a few battles here and there, but you guess, guess what? Satan has been defeated. We win! You know, we're on the winning team. What do you have to be afraid of? What, what are you fearful of? It's you... Plus God. We're just passing through. This is just one little grain of sand on the beach of eternity. You're, I don't care whether you live, you know, six, you know, 40, 50, 80, 100 years on this earth. It's just one little grain of sand on the beach of eternity. This is not your home. We're just passing through. And we're on the winning team. Number five. I always have hope because in Christ, his provision Supplies all my needs. Supplies my needs. The fact is, God has promised to meet every single need in your life if you would just trust him. He will meet all your emotional needs, all your physical needs, your spiritual needs, your relational needs, whatever it is, whatever needs that you have. Look at this next verse, Romans 8.32. Since God did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he surely give us everything else? In other words, if God loves me enough to send Jesus to die for me, doesn't he care enough about me to meet all my needs? The answer there is what? That's obvious. Yes, of course he does. 
Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet some of your needs. Doesn't say that, does it? What does it say? And my God will meet what? What does it say? All, all your needs, all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know, when, when you get an insurance policy and you know what it covers, you don't worry about what it covers. And God's saying, listen, this is your insurance policy. I cover everything. By the way, that has enormous implications when it comes to our giving. Here's the bottom line. How much do you trust God? How much do you trust him? You know, do you really believe him when he says, I'll care for all your needs if you put me first? Because really, when we don't want to give, we think, well, you know, if I give, if I do this, then I won't have anything to meet my needs. You know, if, if I tithe, you know, I, I won't be able to, you know, make ends meet. And God says, let's see who you trust. You get to choose. He says, if you, tr- if you do it my way, if you, if you trust me, I'll meet all your needs. But if you trust yourself, then I don't promise to meet all your needs. He says, I want you to learn to trust me. And so the bottom line is, do you trust God? I mean, if you don't believe the verse where it says, my God will supply all your needs, then you ought to just cut that out of the Bible. But if it's true that he says, I promise to meet all your needs, then, then you and I can learn to give by, by faith in a way greater than we ever than we ever thought possible. He promises to meet all your needs. So we have reason for hope. Let me give you one last reason why we should never be hopeless. And it's this. Number six, I always have hope because his promise secures my future. Listen, in Christ, your future is secure. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Write this down. Nothing will make God stop loving me. Nothing will make God stop loving me. Once you put your faith into Christ's hands, once you put your life into him and you become a part of his family, you can't lose that relationship. He says, I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. And once you put your hand truly into Christ's hand, he doesn't let go. Now, you might try to let go. You might push him away. You might run from him. But he never lets go of you. Your salvation, your hope is secure. Jude says it like this, to him who is able to keep you from falling. Not failing. We do fail. Christians sin. We make mistakes. We stumble. We, we, we fail. But it says he is able to keep you from falling away. Lamentations 3.22 says this, I have hope when I think of this. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. Again, we are, uh, 
We're in a time where there's a, a lot of people talking about the uh, crisis of confidence in our, in our world today, in our country. You know, Americans have lost, uh, have lost hope. You know, study after study show that more and more people have no longer put hope uh, in their government. They've lost hope in their leaders. A lot of people today have lost hope in, in schools. They've lost hope in, in the future. And when you look at all the problems that our nation is facing, it sometimes seems that they are overwhelming, that the problems that, that we're facing are unsolvable. So what do we do? How do we respond? Colossians 1.27, listen to this. This is the secret. Christ in your hearts is your only hope of glory. You see, our hope today does not depend on who we put in the White House, but who is the Lord of your house. Our, our hope is not in the man we put on the moon, but the man that we put on the cross. It's Jesus. The hope of the world is still Jesus. Now, since we have hope in Christ and we have all these great promises. So, so how should we live? What should we do? Look at our response, Ephesians 4.1. Listen to what he says. So then live and act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. That's you. These are all of our blessings. This is all that we have in Christ. And he says, so live in a way worthy of that. Act in a way worthy of that. Live like you got hope. You know, stop putting stuff all over Facebook like it's terrible and it's miserable. You have hope. You're in Jesus. In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, not only live that way, but our other response is to share it. He says, always be ready to answer everyone who asks you to, to explain about the what? The hope that we have. Always be prepared to point people to Jesus. Always be prepared to say that we have hope. You and I have the hope of the world. And God says, share that with your neighbor. Share it at the office. Share it at the school. Share it with the world. Because the world needs hope. They are looking around for it. They are searching for it. They are trying to find it in everything and in anything. In relationships, in substances, in things, in stuff. And it's not going to last. And it's not going to fulfill. And you know it and I know it. So we're called to share that with the world around us, to love, to serve, to point people to Jesus. Here's the offer that Jesus makes to you and me. Look, 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 at this, look at your outline one more time. Basically, he offers you a life without condemnation. It's, it's all been wiped out, all forgiven. He offers you a life with, without domination, that his power sets you free from sin. He gives us a life without desperation. We don't have to despair because all things, even the terrible things in this world, he brings together for good and for his glory. A life without intimidation. If God is for you, if God is on your side, who, who, who cares who's against you? A life without limitation. My God shall meet all of your needs. And then finally, we, he also offers you a life without separation. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Man, that's an offer you can't refuse. I, I mean, that's what I, that's what I think. 
How could you ever refuse that? I mean, if, if I give my life to Jesus, what do I have to lose? A lot. Guilt, shame, worry, bitterness, depression, and hell. What do I have to gain? Everything. Hope. Hope. That's, that's the greatest good news in the world. And that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. Sure. I don't know if it's just we're maybe more aware of it than ever before. Or maybe we're just growing up and getting a little bit older. But it does seem like this world is in a greater mess than it's ever been. But you know what? That's why we're here. Because the answer, the hope, the, the purpose, the meaning, it's not found in anything this world has to offer. It's found in Christ. He is the hope of the world. And you can have that today. Today, you could experience redemption. You could receive hope. You know, it just might be that there's somebody here in this room today. It is January 1st, 2017. And maybe this past year has been difficult. Maybe it's been hard for you. Maybe you're searching. Maybe you're looking. And you're not really sure where the answers are found. But you know that they're not found in what you've been experiencing. Listen, today... You can be saved. Today you could receive hope. Today you could receive forgiveness. All these, this great, great offer is on the table. It would be the greatest decision you would ever make. It, it will affect not just this next year, but every day that you have remaining and on until et into eternity. And it only requires faith. And not a lot, just enough. Just enough to believe. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have everything figured out. But you've at least got to figure out and understand that you've blown it and that you need forgiveness and that God has provided a Savior in His Son, Jesus. And He did come to this earth. He was born as a baby. But He grew up became a man, and he went to a cross for you and for me. But sin and death and this world could not contain him. He rose from the dead. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. He is alive. And if you would just have enough faith to put all of your hope in him and him alone, to receive him into your life, all of these things are given to you today. And you will be adopted into his forever family. And all you have to do is express that in your heart to God. It is as beautiful and yet as simple as a prayer. And, and Coastal, if you've already done that, then, then let's do what God's word says. Let's live like we have. Let's act like we have. And then let's share it with the rest of this world. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for 
giving us hope. Jesus is not just the light of the world. He is the hope of the world. He's my hope. And God, I know he's the hope of so many people in this room today. But God, I believe each and every Sunday you bring people here to us that are looking, that are searching. And I pray today they have found everything they were looking for and more in Christ. And today it is, it's very simple. It really is. You can become in Christ today. You can step into his family. You can make that choice. Just pour out your heart to God right here and right now and say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I do believe. I place my faith in Christ and what he did for me, and I needed it. I am a sinner. I have blown it. But today I come home. I ask for forgiveness. I believe that Jesus went to a cross to forgive me of my sin, to pay the price for my my sinfulness. And I believe not only did he go to the cross and die for me, but he overcame death and sin and this world and he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I no longer am going to try to, you know, just make another resolution in my own strength and my own power and try to appease you, try to be better. God, I want to relax in your grace today. I want to, God, today I, I, I simply want to become more and more like you see me. I give up on religion. I give up on rebellion. And today I just, I thank you for this relationship that I have with you day by day. I want to become more and more like you see me today, forgiven, brand new, clean. I just want to follow Jesus and discover what that means every day. And Father, I pray for Coastal. I pray for our church. God, people really are searching. They really are hopeless. Help us to love this world, love people in it, to love them, to serve, to give, to, to share our faith, to share our story. Help us to earn that right to do that. Help us to point people to Jesus. He is the one who changes people. We're so worried about sometimes, you know, other people and the mess that they're in. God, we're all in a mess without Jesus. And so help us just to point people to him and allow him and your spirit to invade their lives and to clean all of us up from the inside out. We love you, Father. We thank you. We pray all these things today in the name of Jesus. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.